Hey everyone, welcome to By Our Love Podcast. This is Charlton and Natasha. We are a large Christian family living abroad in East Africa, and we would like to invite you along on our journey of faith, hope, and love. On this podcast, we're going to be discussing our Christian walk, kingdom convictions, discipleship, and church planting, as well as international adoption, the ins and outs of daily life as a family of 12, and inviting on special guests that motivate and inspire us. We hope to be a source of encouragement and challenge the status quo. Thanks for joining us. Hey everyone, welcome back to another By Our Love podcast episode. Today we want to talk about some heavy matters as we think about what's going on in the world right now with the pandemic of the virus that is spreading around and hopefully bring some encouragement to you in this time. So on today's episode, we want to have some reflections on love as we think about what it means to truly love our neighbor as ourself, as Jesus calls us to, that love for neighbor is also how we show our love for God. So with that being said, we're going to begin our episode with a scripture reading and with a question thinking about what does it mean to love thy neighbor? How do we practically do that in our day and age on a day-to-day basis, but also in light of the situation of the coronavirus that is impacting the entire world right now. How can we think about those things? So Luke chapter 10, and we're going to start in verse 25, and Natasha's going to read the story for us. Hey everyone, this is the parable of the Good Samaritan. So I'm going to start at 25. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, What is written in the law? What is your reading of it? So he answered and said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have answered rightly. Do this and you will live. But he, wanting to justify himself, said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Then Jesus answered and said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance a certain priest came down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked, and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. So he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, And he set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. On the next day when he departed, he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said to him, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay you. So which of these three do you think was neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? And he said, He who showed mercy on him. Then Jesus said to him, 
go and do likewise. Such a short but compelling and powerful story that Jesus tells here. And to, to get a little bit of the, the background, it's very unlikely that these two groups would mix. Uh, you have Samaritans and Jews. These are two people groups that have a strong dislike for each other. Uh, if you're familiar with the woman at the well that Jesus goes to and asks her to give him a drink of water, and she's a bit puzzled. Why are you as a Jew coming to me, a Samaritan woman, to ask me for a drink of water? Jews and Samaritans don't mix. We don't have dealings with one another. And this is a long-standing tension between these two people groups uh, that goes back far into to the Old Testament uh, when you have a, a united Israel under David and then after Solomon, a divided kingdom the northern kingdom Israel, the southern kingdom Judah, northern having its capital in Samaria, and the southern having its capital in Jerusalem. And so the tension between these two people groups is longstanding. So it's interesting to think about why Jesus is using this as his example, the most unlikely individual, especially for uh, a lawyer or a Pharisee or a Jew to think, uh, that would help one of their own countrymen, or or even just anyone for that matter, would be a Samaritan. But this is what Jesus calls each and every one of us to. He calls us to to be just like this good Samaritan, dropping all of the walls and barriers that we as humans build up that keep each of us at arm's length. That says, well, they're not one of us. For whatever reason, whether it's a different religion, a different tribe, a different language, someone just in general from a different country, whatever it is that keeps them at arm's length and keeps us from truly responding the way that we should. In in Christ, none of those things matter. This is why Paul talks about there's neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, that in Jesus, the opportunity to step into the kingdom of God loses all of those barriers and we become brothers and sisters and not only that the extension isn't just to show loving kindness to those who we love because jesus goes beyond that and says do not even the 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 heathen do not even the gentiles love those who love them but rather we also go beyond and actually love our own enemies praying for them blessing them and figuring out how we can actually be the hands and feet and showing that love in an active way to those around us. When our fellow countrymen, our government, or whatever it may be is telling us to keep others at arm's length, how can we lovingly embrace them and show them Christ? Yeah, there is such value in this story. When Jesus was asked, who is my neighbor? This is how he responded. So there's a lot that we can take from it. You know, like, what is the bottom line? What did Jesus say was being a neighbor? I think when it comes down to it, it's the word compassion. A heart that's moved by compassion cannot sit idly by while someone suffers a need. So loving your neighbor as yourself is being moved to help to the full extent of your ability. We all have different abilities. We all have different resources. 
But as we are facing such hard times, we need to keep our compassion alive and not harden our hearts to the needs around us because things maybe look too hard or things are too bad or it's too scary. We have to keep that compassion. I love this quote from Charles Finney. He says, God requires you to love your neighbor as yourself. Again, he says, let everyone look not upon his own things, but upon the things of others. Let everyone seek not his own, but another's wealth. These are express requirements of God. They are the very spirit and substance of the gospel. Benevolence is a desire to do good to others, a willingness to deny self for the purpose of promoting the interest of your neighbor. It is the very spirit of Christ. It is the heart and soul of his gospel. One thing I think that's important for us as Christians to continually do is not only just re-examine the scriptures, uh, but just re-examine the way of Christ in all things. And there's valuable little truths, little statements that we find in scripture that really give us insight as to how we can live out this Christ life. And one of them is thinking about where it says that Jesus came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom. And are we willing to live up to that calling? Are we willing to say that our life is defined by not being served, but rather being willing to serve and give out our life in a way that blesses and brings life to others. It also, as we think about this time of what love truly is, what we're called to, to love God and to love neighbor. As we think in 1 Corinthians 13, where Paul talks about, you know, that love is patient, love is kind, it does not seek its own, it does not envy, it does not boast, and all those things that Paul goes on to list one after the other, are all things that we can be practicing today in our situations. By no means am I perfect in them. I'm, I have many areas that I need to continue to grow and to excel in. But realizing the opportunities and the struggles and the challenges that we face are really opportunities to exercise those things, to be patient, to be kind, to not seek our own, but actually to look out for the well-being of others around us. Let's strive for that. Let's let that be what we're aiming at in this time. Yeah, amen. Uh, Love serves. And for you to love your neighbor as yourself, you'll have a heart to serve them. Let them know that you're there for them. You know, if your neighbor needs a ride somewhere, you drive them. If they need their dog or cat checked on while they're out of town, you do that. Getting their mail, taking them a meal. If you know that you have a sick or elderly neighbor, um, see how you can assist them. Maybe it's a phone call. Maybe it's dropping a meal off at their door or picking them up some supplies when you go to the store. During this time especially, we have to look out for the vulnerable in the week and If we are strong and sound in mind and body, there is no reason why we can't be serving our neighbors and those around us. Millions of lives and businesses are being derailed. Half a billion children around the world are out of school. 
And I'm not saying that to to cause fear or anxiety. It's just it's just a fact. Also, many children live in poverty, not just in the developing world, but in America. In Europe, many children live in poverty, and a lot of those children depend on free breakfast and lunch at their public school. So you have millions of children who are out of school, and they're at home, and they're in poverty, and they are depending on school lunch. You know, get together with your church community and figure out how you can help feed these children. A lot of parents still have to work and their children are at home. A lot of them are going without meals. Many children don't have good books or uh, internet access or the ability to do school at home. Maybe getting together some resources for these children, that would be a great way to serve your community. So these are just some ideas I'm throwing out there, but there are lots of things that we can be doing. And Natasha, just to to clarify, when you're talking about getting together with church communities and things like that, that doesn't necessarily have to be physically coming together, right? Right. Yeah, absolutely. You're right. Social media, WhatsApp, Facebook, there are so many channels where you can can, uh, reach out and communicate with your community. You don't have to get together face-to-face to come up with ideas. Yeah, I think it's important too to make sure that we are, you know, following the the local laws that are, you know, helping to eradicate this or to minimize uh, infection and the spread of infection throughout various areas. And so it's important that we also try to be wise in that. And there's so many opportunities, even just within our immediate local community. You know, if everyone in their neighborhood started thinking about someone within their neighborhood that that we that you know is really being affected or impacted by the coronavirus situation, how can you bless them? Uh, what way can you simply just bless those that are right around you? And like Natasha said, you know, connecting with your church community and on those various platforms and thinking of strategizing uh, about how you can serve and bless others and utilize. And I think that's where wisdom comes in is that the counsel and wisdom of the church of people putting their, their minds and hearts together and focusing that in one direction can accomplish much good. So I have one other thought on what it means to love your neighbor. And that is, That loving your neighbor means making allowances for other people's humanity. (laughs) So I have um, Hadassah sitting next to me right here listening to us talk. She just said, you're right. As we're doing our podcast, she's sick. And and we do our episodes at night when the children are in bed. Not with coronavirus. She's just got a little stomach bug. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) But she's just sitting here listening and saying amen. You want to say something, Hadassah? Hi, I'm Hadassah. I'm five. Hadassah, you are so cute. (laughs) So, our humanity. We definitely live in a day and age where we take offense to things very easily. Criticism is everywhere Criticism about others is everywhere. 
we constantly feel the need to express our disapproval of others, their perceived faults or mistakes. And I've seen a lot of photos on social media of grocery stores, and it is wild. There are so many people picking up supplies that they need for being at home for several weeks. And I can just imagine that it feels very overwhelming to have that great of a need and so many people around and people make mistakes. And I can imagine being around so many people under these circumstances could be very challenging. But you know what, friends? Love is not easily offended or critical. And I'm talking to myself here because I do have a tendency to be critical. And that is something I struggle with. And it's something that I feel like I'm, I'm giving to God continually. So I am not, I am not trying to, you know, I'm just speaking from experience here. And the thing is, everyone does dumb things. I do too, like on a daily basis. (laughs) Hey, Charlton, he's going to say something. Um, But guys, we mess up and no one is always right or knows everything. We are all a work in progress. So please, when we are out and about in public, driving at the grocery store, getting gas, let's quit fault finding. There's too much of that in this world. Let's look for the good in others. Let's try to be helpful and lift each other up and not tear each other down because there is way too much of that going on. So one thing that I have been trying to do, I actually have reminders set on my phone to help me remember to do this three times a day, is to recite what is called the Jesus Creed. Now, I got this from a man named Scott McKnight. He is a author and a biblical scholar. He has some really good resources out there, so I would recommend him to you. And one of them is reciting this Jesus Creed, which we find in Scripture, which is, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no greater command than these. So I think we would do well, not just to regularly recite that or to say those words for the sake of saying them, but to actually allow the meditation of those words to really penetrate how we go about our day, starting our day with that. How do I love the Lord my God with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my strength? And how do I in turn also do that to my neighbor, to love my neighbor as myself? These are the greatest commands that Jesus has given us. And so to love God is to love neighbor. And so we as the church, we as Christians have to be modeling that in a broken society, a broken world that doesn't find value in a lot of things. And so how can we be consistent with what we value in this world? Not the things of this world, but the image that God has put into this world, which is our fellow human beings. So I hope that you have been encouraged by today's episode. 
And if you would like to connect with us, you can do so. You can send us an email at byourlovepodcast at gmail.com. You can also connect with us on Instagram at podcast by our love. Have a blessed and wonderful day. And thank you for listening to the episode.